1: Hey out there rock and rollers, welcome to the 76th edition of the Ugly American Werewolf in London Rock Podcast, where I, your host, The Wolf, Mac B., and my partner in crime, Action Jackson, talk about all the music we love, everything we've loved all over the years, classic rock, hard rock, prog rock, early MTV, heavy metal, and so much more. And we want to thank everybody for tuning in to last week's show, reviewing the very special night in London for me at Royal Albert Hall, seeing Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets, It's an amazing show, it was an amazing opportunity to basically sit on stage and hear music that Nick helped invent, prog music, from way back in the day there. They're an incredibly talented band. Guy Pratt and Gary Kemp were amazing, and we thank them for all the Twitter love out there. So excited for this week, something we've been working towards for a long time. When we first got into podcasting, we didn't know anything about it, and we didn't really listen to a lot of podcasts. So then once we started to make our own, of course, we want to hear what else is out there, Who's good and who do we need to live up to? Who do we need to emulate? And we eventually found the Shout It Out Loudcast, hosted by Tom and Zeus, a couple of guys out of Boston who love Talk and Kiss, and they're funny. They have a really fun show, and I discovered them a little more than a year ago and started listening, and I've been an avid listener ever since. And those guys are not only great show hosts, But they're really good to their fans and listeners. They interact really well on social media. And they're very good at communicating with them and encouraging them along the way. And that was no different for us with them. So once we became a part of the Pantheon podcast family, which is a network of a 100 amazing shows, and you should really go check them out at Pantheon Pods or PantheonPodcast.com, and we've been on a couple of shows. I've been on This Day Rocks uh, on Vintage Rock Pod with Paul. I've been on Jay the Hook Rocks when I won his uh, Best Album Ever Bracket Challenge. Uh, and we're going to have both of them on the show at some point, we're hoping. But today, we had the Shout It Out Loud guys on. We had Tom and Zeus come on the show, and we talked about Revenge, the 1992 album that, by most KISS fan standards, is the best non-makeup album. It came out at a very important time in our lives, 1992, right before the end of our freshman year, going into sophomore year of college. And, of course, we saw KISS on the Revenge tour in Daytona. So we wanted to talk to the Shout it Out Loud guys about that. It's pretty cool. We're actually all the same age. We all graduated from high school at the same time. Uh, We were in college at the same time. So we relate really well to each other musically in that this music was released and the music we were into all came out at the same time in our lives. Now, we didn't necessarily go track by track because if you want to go track by track, the Shout Out Loud guys have a great revenge episode that you can go ahead and tune into. We don't want to be just like them. Instead, we were just kind of talking about the time in our lives that it came out and a little bit about our experience being able to see them live and talk about how does it fit into the landscape of KISS? How does it fit into the landscape of music in the 90s and beyond? Uh, And just share some great stories with these guys. You know, they're hilarious. And we had a heck of a fun time with them. I think you're really going to enjoy this show. Now, as usual, we want you to download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be it Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Good Pods, Google Play. You can check us out on YouTube, wherever. And also, check out the Shout Out Loud guys. They tweet at... S-I-O, Loudcast. And you can also email them at shoutitoutloudcast.com. And check out their website. they got a killer new website that not only links to, like, their store, things like that, but they've got all their episodes, they have all their rankings, and they've got information on their friend's shows on there. That's shoutitoutloudcast.com. Definitely go check that out. And, of course, if you want to... Communicate with us. Twitter's best, at Ugly underscore Werewolf or at ActionJack72. So I want to go ahead and jump into it. We had so much fun with these guys. It was so cool to have them on. We had a great time talking about Kiss, talking about being back in college, talking about getting loaded and talking to Ace Fraley posters in the middle of the night. I think you're going to like it. So buckle up, folks. It's me and Jackson talking with Tom Zeus in the Shout It Out Loudcast right here on The Wolf.
3: Yeah, this is going to be great. Nothing's nothing. I mean, you you obviously heard our album review on Revenge, but I, I like okay. this. I like this topic. We, we, Zeus and I have kind of we've thrown around that idea. We did it like when the when we first started our show, mm-hmm. we did we did some episodes on we did like a kiss like in the 90s kind of episode so like Mm -hmm. These these kinds of episodes we talk about like a time period, these these are fun, so this this
1: will be good. Well, cool. Well, good. Well, we're going to jump into all that, but first, before we dive in and we start using all that language that we're kind of all famous for, I do have one young fan. I I try to make the dreams of, of young people come true all over the world, and I have a young KISS fan who, although she's not eight years old, she has been to two different KISS concerts on two different continents Wow. Uh, nice. and, and she, her name is Ruby, and she wanted to come in and just ask you guys just a couple of a quick questions here. Hi, Ruby. Do you
3: like
4: Kiss? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think no. Destroyer is a good album?
3: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. It's favorite
4: song <laughs> of Love Gun. <laughs>
3: Oh, uh, that's great! I'm sorry I couldn't that, help myself, that, man. I mean, no, that uh, just made that just that just made my morning. That's fantastic. That's
1: awesome. Love the well shirt, Ruby.
3: good shirt, yeah, n- nice that's shirt, right. Ruby.
4: Yep. Hey, Ruby, you have to understand, they don't like Kiss. They love Kiss.
3: That's right. That's right. Which is why we spend every waking moment talking about them
1: and thinking about them. Right. <laughs> so she got into you know Kiss because I saw Scooby Doo and Kiss. And I said, wow, I know I, I saw your show on it for adults. You you reviewed it, right? But for kids, it's great. She loved it, and I loved it, too. And it's awesome. And after yeah. that, we had to go, right? So we saw him in yep. Louisville, like, in the few weeks before we moved away. And then as soon as we got here, it's like, oh, they're coming to London in a few months. I guess we got to get tickets for that, too, you know? Nice. Yep. Good yep. idea.
3: Yep. Zeus, awesome. is t- Zeus took his daughter to a show. I took my son to a few. So, I mean, it's... It's a family thing. That's the thing I love. That's thing, one of the things we love about the band. You know, they just, they've just they been around for so long,
1: it's generational. So. That's right. Take it to the next generation. So she wanted to say hi. Hi, Ruby. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and now she's going to go away in another room where she can't hear all the nasty stuff we're going to say. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay. <laughs> family talk is over. Yes, that's right. Okay, here we go. Fucking. Kiss, uh, <laughs> um, yeah! I can't wait, fucking ace cult, I can't wait to get into it, yeah. Let's do it. All right, so first of all, hey, look, congratulations on all your success, guys. Number one Kiss podcast in the world, and even though fans like me and Jackson knew that all along, I guess everyone ah. else knows it's official now, so well Thank done. You.
3: Thank you, appreciate it.
1: And with the, the Rock Chick Show becoming your most downloaded show in less than a week, did you even see that happening?
3: No. Zeus, go ahead. No.
5: No. No. I, I, I go down that YouTube tunnel like that rabbit hole at night. Yeah. Oh, this is funny. This is fun. And then, you know, I, I, I just the way we are and the way we communicate and we're college buddies. I knew that we would have fun with it. Mm-hmm. I did you not know if the listeners would like it that much. And it's not something really that you would think, oh, here it is. Love gun review. Oh, here it is extreme close-up right. stuff that we've been talking about for years that we couldn't wait to get to and with the fans and listeners saw it, they'd be like oh let's get on this this was out of nowhere and i just think that people found it a fun conversation to have and uh an interesting uh discussion and uh you know in then the comments and the listeners and that's what these shows are really about in yours as well. When the listeners start talking about it on social Mm -hmm. media, Oh, you got to hear this. That's when it builds up. So,
3: yeah, I think, I think it's one of those episodes that we probably wouldn't have been able to get away with in the early part of our show when we were kind of establishing a base and an audience. Yeah. Okay. Because I, because I think for me personally, I think the fun of the show was not necessarily, I mean, yeah, hearing the interview was funny, but hearing I mean I I got a mm-hmm. kick out of it hearing me and Zeus break it down and analyze it was sure. was the was the part that I got a kick out of and I think if we were a new show people would be like well, th- what are these guys talking about but because people kind of know our sense of humor and our sarcasm and everything yeah. I think that that kind of made it kind of uh, I mean that being said it was still shocking that it was such a success we, we were not expecting that at all
4: well one of the things that that i really love about your show is it it reminds me a lot of the old howard stern vibe <laughs> where it was like you don't you don't really it's not it's not so much that you're turning tuning in for the what you guys are posting like we're going to talk about this today you just want to like be part of it and hang out it's like it's like you're listening in you're you're coming in on a conversation and you just want to yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just, and just feel like you're part of something.
3: Yeah. Thank you. That That's exactly that. We say, we say this all the time. It's exactly the kind of show that we wanted where we can kind of just create a community, jump on and listen, even if you're not a fan of kiss, even if you're not a fan of, you know, whatever, you can just be part of the kind of part of the entertainment, you know? And that's mm-hmm. why we try to do the same thing with social media. Like you guys are doing, keep that social media base going, get people involved, feel part of the show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it, it, it takes a life of its own. So.
4: Yeah. And then, and then really the cool part is if you can have somebody that says like, i had a coworker of mine who listened to the show on Led Zeppelin four. And he said, you know, I hadn't listened to that record in probably 20 years, pulled it out, put it back on, yep. remembered how much I loved it. Well, then, you know, we're you've doing done, our job there. Exactly. It's a great yeah. point too. Yep.
1: Yeah. So no, that's, that's awesome. You know, and you deserve all that success and you know, when your mid roll contains a vaginosis ad, you've really <laughs> hit the big Dude, time <laughs> ad.
3: That, that when you text, when you sent us that, uh, cause we don't have any control over that. It's right. Obviously. I know we, we have no idea. So uh, I'm like, I can imagine our listeners tuning into an episode, hearing us just go off on stupid shit and then hearing that ad. I mean, what what a what what a if that company only
1: knew what
3: show they were advertising? <laughs> I know. <on.
1: laughs> I know. And in, in somewhere in the ad she says, you know, it's more common than thrush. And I'm like, what the fuck's a thrush? <laughs> I, I don't even know what that is, man. I uh, think not <laughs> No. <laughs> All right, so uh, look, people who've listened to your show know a lot about you going back, but I always got the feeling that we were about the same age. You know, Jax and I graduated from high school, class of 1991. Us two. Uh, you too, okay, okay, yeah. See, I could yep. kind of tell by just. The way you talk about grunge, like when it hits freshman year, I'm like, well, that was freshman year, right? The kid who lived next door to us who never went outside, even though we were in Florida, sat there smoking cigarettes all day long. He was way in Nirvana and Pearl Jam, right? Where I was like, no, man, Guns N' Roses has new records out, you know, Metallica's got this huge record, you know, and Kiss is coming back next year, you know? So we we always talk about, because I was never into grunge. Gary and I kind of like Alice and Chains, there were a couple Soundgarden, you know, the kind of... They had the right DNA, but most of it was like, nah, sorry, I was I was happy in high school and I, I, you know, I, I don't need to whine about it all the time. <laughs> so it was an interesting time. Like, yes, there was this thing kind of taking over, but at the same time, U2's got uptung Baby out. Guns N' Roses, Use Your Illusion, the second of which you just reviewed on ARC, right? Metallica's Black album. Def Leppard comes back after the loss of Steve Clark. Dire Straits come back after like six years off. Tom Petty's back. Kiss is back. And so, yeah, there's a sea change. Foreign Lawful Carnal Knowledge was the first concert Jackson and I saw together, you know. So there's a sea change happening in the industry. But I think for people like us, it really hadn't taken hold because the arena and the stadium tours and the big classic rock were still playing the stuff that we loved. And those bands were making some classic albums at that time. Yep. Zeus. Yeah, yeah.
5: I, w- I would say it didn't hit us until the summer mm. when we left. And then you saw your high school friends yeah. in the summer and yeah. they had a year of college. And then they started saying to us, oh, hear this. Did you hear this? And they say, you know, everybody's playing Pearl Jam 10 and Nirvana has mm-hmm. already hit MTV. Right. And you're hearing this stuff. And then, by time you circle back the next year as a sophomore, we're not playing the same music. We're playing the grunge stuff now. This is what's hitting. No one's playing Cinderella, Warrant, and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. In addition, you know, like we said, Tom and I, you know, we met in college and we were the Kiss freaks that liked <laughs> that. Yeah. Now we, we started meeting each other with Hot in the Shade, still kind of lingering. Right, but then by the time we get to sophomore year, now we got revenge coming out.
3: Yeah, for me, for me personally, we we, we talked a little bit about it, you know, on the ARC episode with uh, Use Your Illusion too. For me personally, and I'm sure Zeus agrees, it was a perfect, perfect time for music for me because you could you were still enjoying some of those late '80s hair metal albums. Mm-hmm. We're grunge guys, so we we were on board with Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, STP, Core. But then you had, you know, Metallica Black, The Use Your Illusions, then Not Long After Revenge. So you, you really had everything, like whether it's hair metal, grunge, hard rock, like... You know, you you still had, you know, Megadeth was putting out Countdown to Extinction, like right. if you're into that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then me, I'm, I'm kind of like an old school, like hip hop, like rap kind of guy. So there were bands still doing that. I mean, it was it was really an interesting, fun time to listen to music and being in college, I think, really accelerated that enjoyment because you're in a You're living in a dorm with guys and all you're doing all day long once class is over right. is drinking Playing video games and listening to music and hanging out. And it was just, it was perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let me
5: piggyback off of that. One last thing though. So there was also, (laughs) I don't know if you guys had this, there was this thing where you could just order 12 CDs for the cost of one. And I had this gimmick thing going with my buddies, how stupid I could come up with the name. (laughs) And would they still (laughs) deliver me CDs? I had Ziggy Marley. I had
3: <laughs> Chode
5: pandas, right? <laughs> Jorge, Jorge,
3: Jorge Plantes was my, my favorite name. F- my friends <laughs>
5: all knew all the stupid names. And you were getting CDs. So it was fascinating because it's not like, to me, shit bands. But it's like Alice in Chains. You can get dirt now. All For of a sudden. Yeah. And you like new bands. And What is this? It's called Bad Motor Finger. What is this? You know, it's called Core. You're getting these and you're discovering these great bands for free right? um, and they're all coming to you and you have this new thing too. Everybody had them in their, in their dorm room and they're called five disc players oh, and yeah. you put in five CDs and we always would do this. I'd have Nirvana's, nevermind, I'd have 10 on, I'd have the single soundtrack on. I would have like core on and then maybe jar flies or super unknown and just make it and just sit back, drink nice. beers with my buddies and play uh NHL 94, 95.
4: Starting to get a tear in my eye now. I know. know the memories. (laughs) But
3: then, and and then another thing, too, and and I was thinking of it, and then looking behind Zeus, it even jogged my memory even more. There's still that aspect of our friends who were were still, every once in a while, would get in the mood, would put on the Zeppelin box set. That was huge. Yeah. You'd throw throw in Zeppelin. And it it was just such an amazing time for music. And Zeus hit it on the head, too, talking about those CD clubs. It was the time of listening to albums. Right. Put the album. Album on and you'd listen to it as a group. I'll never forget when Pearl Jam released Verses. Yeah. When we put that on and you would sit down as like as a group and like, all right, here's track one. Be like, well, holy shit, this sounds different than 10. And then you'd I go through it. the whole album and then you'd talk about it. Now, and I say this to my son. I mean, he, my son listens to albums, but he's on Spotify. He streams all the time. That whole idea of an album and experience it from start to finish is
1: almost gone. And that, yeah. that,
3: that's such a loss for those kids.
1: It, it's terrible because that's, that's the statement. This is where they are at that time in their lives, at that time in the band, at that time in the world. And that's why sometimes there are killer albums that in our day could sell 10, 20, 25 million copies if they hit all those things right on the number, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's so disposable and you download it, a lot of people still do it for free, or you download it and you delete it and it's 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 not the same as it was for us. Like We would save our money and wait for the thing to come out and then we would buy it and then Jackson and I would listen to it because I just blew 15 bucks, which in 1991... I don't know. It's like forty bucks today. I'm like I'm not like spending forty bucks on a CD today, right? So you're going to listen even to the, it.
3: Even, even even the experience of waiting in line for a new CD. Yeah, yeah. You know, go yeah. like yeah. like oh today oh today for, for unlawful car knowledge release. All right, I got to drive. I got to drive to the next store. I got to go to Tower Records. Get in line and get a copy. You unwrap it. You put it in your car on your ride home. And you're like, this is amazing.
4: You know, yeah, and the, the other thing we used to do too was the uh, the CD, the used CD store. You oh go in God. there and just kill time. And just, somebody, somebody sold this, I'll take it for five bucks. Absolutely, might be a little beat up, maybe a little scratched on the cover, but as long as it still plays, you're That's fine. Right.
3: I was just, I was just gonna say Zeus is smiling because that used to be part of our weekend routine. So we went to college about a half hour South of Boston. Mm -hmm. So on the weekends we would drive into Boston and, and there were two places. There was nuggets and planet records were two of the big ones. And like, like Gary said, they were just loaded with uh, people selling their CDs or they were uh, imports or they were Mm -hmm. uh, cutouts from distribution centers. And you would just flip flip through and you'd be like, Holy shit. Did you see, look at this Pearl jam album. It came from France and it's got these songs I've never heard of or I mean, mm-hmm. talking about revenge. That's where I ended up getting revenge. I actually got it was like a, a distribution. It, it, it belonged. I don't know if it belonged to a radio station or something, but it was cut out and it had like a special sticker on it. And I was like, oh look at this! I have a special version of revenge. Nice. That's how I got
5: super known. It has like that cut on that CD. The were yes. like yeah. radio releases or something like that. And yep. yeah, you're right. I mean, I uh, they always had um, uh, those CD singles too which are now considered classics. Yeah. but I would run out and buy those Pearl Jam and Nirvana specific cool. CD singles because they would have tracks that you would be like, what the fuck is this? I've yeah. never even heard of. What's a yellow lead bed. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and you'd open it up and you'd be like all these unknown tracks. And it was like discovering stuff. Like as a kid opening up and getting, uh, I don't know what kids today, Pokemon cards or something. Like, holy shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what it was like. No, but so that's two memories for me. One is, yeah, it was on a Monday night in September of 91. Our freshman year, for whatever reason, records came out on Tuesdays back then. Yes. yes so right. my, my buddy Chris, who had a car freshman year, drove us 40 minutes or half an hour to the beaches. So, we could go buy Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. And I remember yeah, the guy's midnight. like, comes, yeah, after midnight, right? And he comes on the loudspeaker, is like, you only have 20 minutes left to buy your Guns N' Roses albums, because that's the <laughs> only reason anyone was there. But the yeah. second one was not long after that. I went to Park Avenue CDs across the street from our college, and I found Kiss Alive 2 used and discarded for like $12 or $13. Now, there was a little schmeg on there for the beginning of of side one but you get through that after two minutes and then it's fine neither of us had a kiss record in our collection before that so that's how we although I liked kiss I had kiss exposed on VHS And I like that.
4: For different reasons.
1: Yeah, well, right. Um, But, you know... (laughs) And I followed Kiss through the 80s because, you know, I remember vividly on MTV when they took off their makeup when we were like 9 or 10 or whatever. Yeah, And then you would see them every once in a while. Oh, Kiss has got a new video. And then they hit number one with Forever. I'm like, well, good for them. So then when I saw that Kiss Alive 2 and it had all those great songs from Destroyer and Rock and Roll Over and Love Gun, I'm like, okay, well, let's get into this Jackson. Let's see what it's all about. And we... Loved it. We fell in love with it. And then that's really what started to build on us for Kiss.
3: Nice. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm sure you guys have heard our stories, our origin stories. We've been Kiss freaks since we were little kids, you know, and, and kind of segueing into the 90s. You know, my first Kiss show was Hot in the Shade, 1990. Okay. And at the time, at the time, me and my my best friend from high school, we, we were, I mean, we were full blown into into hair metal, you know, mm-hmm. some of the heavy, quote unquote, heavier hair metal, but we still listen to Poison and stuff like that. By the way, if you, if you weren't aware, Poison takes a beating on Shout Out Loudcast. yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. I'm all right with um, that.
3: So you you know, and then and then we then we went to college and you know, as we talked about previously, you know, at the time you're just so enveloped into that new, that new music scene, you know, the, the mm-hmm. grunge and stuff. But you start to hear about revenge because again, that was the other thing that was kind of magical about that time. There was no internet. So right. you'd hear right. the radio stations, the two the two rock radio stations in Boston. You'd hear about, you know, they do like news segments and be like, Oh, Kiss, you know, you know, they talk about obviously the horrible passing of Eric Carr and mm-hmm. the new drummer, and be like, Oh my god, Eric Carr passed away, you know, all this stuff. New album coming out. What's it gonna sound like? So that it was a very I mean, for me as a Kiss fan and for the band itself, it was a very like transitional time for us to kind of get back on the the wagon of of the Kiss music. I'm sure Mm -hmm. Zeus is kind of the same.
5: Yeah, I would say the same thing. I mean, we had our own type of music. I got into 90s country at the time, too. So I kind of went in that direction. The Garth Brooks and all that stuff was coming out and becoming big. Which was huge. Yeah, Yeah. it was. And I, I, Tom had his hip hop. I had my country. We both had like the grunge and hard rock kind of stuff in Zeppelin. But Kiss was our two things, like me and him. Now, there were people around us that, oh, I know Kiss or whatever. But when Kiss come on, it'd be like our own little private joke, our own little (laughs) private thing. (laughs) And then what we did is because I don't know if you can tell, we're both a little bit loud personalities. (laughs) So by junior year, we got to get all our idiot friends and we got to be put in a suite nice. so a huge suite other than a dorm room which was hallways and small rooms off the side this right. was a suite which had a a central area where we all pulled our money together and went to rent a center and grabbed this huge ass screen tv nice. <laughs> and got couches and everything we drink <laughs> and sit there and what what happened is all day long Somebody would have like certain movies playing all day long. Mm-hmm. We would have Slapshot, Breakfast Club. uh, What what else? Tom? Animal House. Animal, yeah. House, Animal House,
1: Caddyshack. Revenge yep. of the Nerds.
5: Yep. Things like that playing nonstop. And then when Extreme Close-Up came out. Oh, boy. All day long, we put in. We had people that didn't even like Kiss that knew that show. Knew Extreme Close-Up, like Inside Out. Because we would play it and then we would break it down, analyze it just like we do on our show. Oh, my God. This is where Gene sounds like he's about to burp. And then a, a bump came in. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it was eighth. Like That's the stuff that we got into and our personalities. And we started picking apart stuff. So now, by this point now, revenge. Uh, extreme close up, exposed.
1: exposed. Mm-hmm.
5: Got this stuff playing nonstop without parents around. Living at a college place all throughout our lives for the next couple of years. So that's how that's, Kiss came in. Yeah, yeah,
4: I think that's that's how I really. I mean, I knew Kiss. I liked the old Kiss. I wasn't a huge fan of the of the eighties Kiss, but when that when that extreme close up came out, we watched that a thousand times and it was fascinating basically it was was really well done and they really went into the early days of the band and how you know it gave you a a really good education on how they came together my only my problem with that was it was really heavy on the paul and gene were the saints and they you know that everything and then ace and peter was the ones that ruined it for everyone but other than that yeah it was great we used to watch that all the time like we come home like we have to get something to eat we come back yeah, uh, kiss. Yeah, let's yeah, put let's it put on. And just watch ahead. it over and over and over again.
3: Yeah, and the thing that made it awesome too was unlike exposed, which was obviously amazing in its own way. Extreme Close-Up was kind of like the first time you saw a, a video documentary about the creation and the history of the band, because you'd never yeah, seen right. that
1: before. Because Exposed right.
3: was just like, uh, you know, like almost like a skit. Yeah, company, yeah, it was, it was an show, excuse you know? to
1: put some bikini-clad right. babes around the guys yeah, to show a exactly. bunch of videos,
3: basically. Yeah. Exactly. But Extreme Close-Up, you actually learned about the band, whether it was right. through the guys, you know, through the guys of Paul and Gene, but you still you still learn about it. And, and, and that also at the time we never had access to those, that, that, that old stuff. There was no YouTube. So seeing right. the, those, the, seeing that winterland footage or the, the, you know, the, we always talk about the sure no, something, those dynasty clips, just amazing, amazing stuff. And then that really, I mean i don't know if kiss meant to do this but that just absolutely ignited the kiss passion with a lot of people that maybe kind of had drifted away a little bit and got captured by the whole grunge scene you know what i mean absolutely well, that was the
4: first time i ever saw gene do a world without heroes and that was uh, oh. that was shocking like <laughs> look look what is this, this? <laughs> what is what are we doing here with the short hair and the the tear wow yeah oh wow God. wowie wow okay
5: <laughs> yeah we're all we're all the same age so we didn't yeah. you know you remember some things as a youth five-year-old old and six-year-old the records and stuff and watching them Mm -hmm. uh some commercial stuff but i didn't have there was no wikipedians so there was no exact breakdown Uh, i mean i fell out of kiss for a couple years Because I I like to joke about, like, oh, I became seven, I outgrew them. (laughs) (laughs)
4: But
5: what really happened is other bands came in your life. And then by 85 in Animalize and Asylum, I got back into them. Gotcha. However, I don't know the facts about how they met, when Peter left exactly, what the background was. So all that stuff was the first time you heard it. And you know what? They were smart about it because they gave you the first impression. Of what the narrative was, yeah. By putting that documentary out and being like, "Yeah, it's me and Paul, me and Gene, whatever," mm-hmm. and those two guys did this, and this is our story, and you believed it because there was no, you know, yeah, there was no, yeah, A- there was no,
4: there was no counter argument to yeah, it. Yeah,
5: Ace and-, and Peter didn't have that kind of uh, yeah. pull
4: or
3: press. No. And there was also no podcast like ours who could be like, oh, <laughs> "Shut up,
4: Paul! <laughs> <laughs> You're so wrong, <laughs> you idiot!" Go we'll make some spaghetti. Like, Settle down, Gene. <laughs> Get your okay, hands off your boy's
1: girlfriend there, Gene. <laughs> Jesus. He's been groping that girl in the bowels of the stadium. Like, good oh, Lord. Oh, we,
3: talk, we talked about that. That was his son's girlfriend. God,
1: I know. It's just like, what is wrong yeah. with you, man? Uh, anyway. Nothing. Enjoy <laughs> it. Most definitely. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Ryan Condal, the executive producer, writer, creator of House of the Dragon. And you're listening to the Ugly
3: American Werewolf in London podcast. And you should download and subscribe. Keep doing that.
0: Listen now, go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts.
1: (laughs) But see, it's between these two things, these two things that were huge to us. Revenge, which is a huge comeback album, but extreme close-up. Because see, Revenge to me is like them finally kind of moving on, right? They're kind of growing up. They're getting rid of all the glow stuff that they wore in the 80s. They've got a harder edge back to them. They've got Bob and Vinny back in their orbit, making them hard again. They're not forcing Eric Singer to dye his hair. Only time you ever saw anyone with blonde hair on a Kiss record, or live for that matter. And they're wearing the black dusters, so they're kind of grown up. They're like, we're not trying to be this pop glam thing anymore. But at the same time, they're revisiting their past a lot with extreme close-up, bringing the whole, remember the days in the makeup, remember when we used to have all this stuff. And I think that had a bigger groundswell than did the, look at the rebooted Kiss because obviously within the next 5 years all of a sudden yeah it's all about the reunion and putting the makeup back on stuff that we dreamed about but probably when they're making revenge they're like no we're kind of forging our own way again here we're finally getting to getting back to a level of respect we wanted and i think that the extreme close up it almost subterfuge. I don't know. It almost undermined it a little bit. What do you guys think about that?
3: It's a great point. I mean, you're right, because what Extreme Close-Up did was just bring back all the history, mm-hmm. whereas Revenge was them kind of trying to move past it. But you could also look at it from another angle and say, extreme close-up kind of what it kind of did to us was it reignited the passion amongst kiss fans and maybe it maybe it even made you more interested in getting revenge because now you're now you're paying attention to kiss right so it, it, it could have gone both ways but you're right i mean we've done our review on revenge so you you guys know how we feel about it we don't have to kind of pretend to, to not kind of spill the beans on it but right to me to me revenge is is a it's a it's a mount rushmore kiss album for me I mean, it's my favorite non-makeup album. It's one of my all-time favorite albums to begin with. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize this until we did the review and, you know, put it out on social media and put the polls. I didn't realize there's this whole subculture of Kiss fans that think Revenge is like terribly overrated. That blew me away. That blew Mm. me away. I learned
1: that from your show for sure. Yeah.
3: That blew blew me away. And I'm like, wow, that's shocking because the production on it, I mean, is, is every song a home run? No. The production's fantastic. The songwriting's fantastic. It's Bruce Kulick's best album, in my opinion, which is saying a lot because Bruce is ridiculous. Bruce is unbelievable. You got Vinny, like you mentioned, Vinny writing the songs. You got the Demon back with Unholy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it just it, it just hit it out of the park for me. And I remember hearing that album was like, oh my god. And my biggest regret, one of my biggest regrets as a Kiss fan, not seeing them on the revenge tour. Oh, I did didn't? go to the kids. I didn't, I did go to the convention tour in Boston, 1995 with our buddy Murph. Mm-hmm. who you, You've heard on our show. Oh, sure. I did go to the, conve- I did go to the convention tour and see that unplugged, you know, that little fan friendly unplugged thing, but I didn't see the, that didn't see the revenge
4: tour. You know, you brought up a good point, Tom, about how, and this is, I hadn't heard this record for a while and I went back and listened to it for the show. Bruce Kulick is criminally oh. underrated as a Incredible. guitar player. Like Incredible. he can do anything, anywhere, anytime, but he's very understated. Yeah, but I mean, so he can just flip the switch. Yeah, he he's, he really plays well on this record.
3: And I'll tell you, when we saw them on the Kiss cruise, we talked. We saw his band with with Todd Kearns and them. Yeah, watching him dig in and play some of those revenge cuts, you know, like Paralyzed and Thou Shalt Not. It was it was just. I mean, you you heard our you heard our cruise review. I, I hope and it was absolutely we just yeah. Bruce just still has it. And it seems like Absolutely
1: a great guy too. And congratulations on having on your. 100th show oh thank you he's amazing i'm sure you're gonna have somebody special on your 200th show
3: don't put any pressure on us (laughs) i was
4: gonna agree with you there Uh,
1: by the way yeah i'm recording this now i'm gonna keep it in the vault for six months because you are gonna be our 100th show nah i'm just kidding we'll we'll, we'll get this out as soon as we can yeah oh i'm sorry to hear you didn't you didn't get to see them live on that show i mean on that tour rather because jackson and i did and uh we saw him in daytona beach which is only maybe an hour away or an hour and 20 minutes away. I looked it up, Jackson. It's the only time Kiss has ever played Daytona Beach, which isn't really a shock considering Daytona Beach is just a bunch of strip clubs. It's
4: really all it is. Yeah, I, I was very, very – when they said, okay, Kiss is coming, okay, cool, to the arena, right? No, to the Daytona Beach Ocean Center. I didn't even know that was a thing. I don't yeah. know why they played there. And, yeah, we we got there and was like – I mean, after dark, if you're not at the strip club, Daytona is a pretty dead place. Yeah. Uh, so it was very interesting to see they had who else did they have with them they had I'm looking at up here Pussycat they
1: had. was second but your boy from trickster was on the bill trickster uh, Trickster. yeah yeah when,
3: yeah when we had pj farley on yeah he, yeah he talked about his his experience opening for kiss on that tour
1: yeah yeah and so it, it wasn't huge it was like an arena with no upper deck so maybe it mm-hmm. was a 10 or a twelve thousand seater and we had ga so we could kind of push our way up but we'll, we'll get into that in, in a little bit I want to talk a little bit about just in that freshman and sophomore year a lot kind of happened so I I talked how we kind of got, we came into possession of Alive 2, and we loved it, and we listened to it back and forth. It was, what was it, October, November, where Eric Carr died. And we didn't have TV in our room, but the common room had MTV, and I, I think it was something like on a Thursday, Freddie Mercury came out that he had AIDS. On a Friday, he died from AIDS, and on a Saturday, Eric Carr died. And of course, all the press was then about Freddie Mercury. And I'm like, well, that's kind of bogus. You know, this guy has been in this huge band, just lost his life, and there's no press on it. And I remember even Gene, because I used to get Rolling Stone back then, Gene wrote kind of a nasty gram to Rolling Stone. That's right. To say, like, you know, you did not cover this man's death, and, you know, I've always known you were bullshit, but this is bogus, (laughs) man. And and to their credit, they printed it in the magazine. But then, you know, it's like, okay, well, then that's a changing of the guard. I don't know really what's going to happen there. You saw the God Gave Rock and Roll to You video. From Bill and Ted's bogus journey, it had Eric in it with a wig. You know, and we're like, okay, well, you know, eh, at least he got to do that. So that's like, well, now what does Kiss do? And then the answer was, in the spring, Revenge came out. Although I don't think we got to it to the fall, did we,
4: Jackson? That sounds about right. You know, the other thing about that God gave rock and roll video to you is that they they it came out first before the record came out. I don't even think they were going to put it on the record. I think it it was because it was the last thing that Eric did with that that Carr did with them. Right. But they had they had flashback scenes in it. And mm-hmm. it was all from the makeup years. They had nothing mm-hmm. from the 80s. It was also, it was like that, hmm, what are you trying to say? Are you trying exactly. to say that maybe, because that because if you watch that extreme close-up, they were not fans of Ace and Peter at that time at right. all. No. But then they're showing these this flashback, like, is there, a, is there a mending of the bridge? Like, what's going on here? I just thought that was interesting. But yeah, to see Eric, to, and you didn't even know at the time that that was the last thing that he had done to see, but, you know, then- once you learned that, that was definitely that definitely got a lot tear in the eye when you watched that. Yeah. yeah. So I never got to see Eric Carr, but glad you did. Tom Zeus, did you ever oh.
1: see them in the eighties live?
5: No, I only got to, uh, my first Kiss concert was a reunion with Tom. Okay.
4: Yeah. No. Okay. That was oh, the first okay. right.
5: time I saw them, and so you can only imagine. If- this being <laughs> your favorite band and you're seeing it with the one kid that is your kiss buddy for the first time experiencing it together it was insane yeah yeah so was- i i missed out all on that and the eric carr stuff i remember reading because i still was getting those magazines not at weekly but when you know in between breaks in college you'd buy a hit parader or circus yeah. but you started getting them sporadically because now there are so many new bands like, I, I couldn't keep up with it. And when you were out of the MTV loop back mm-hmm. then, because we didn't have cable in our rooms, right? you missed out a lot. Yeah. And not having MTV around constantly and then coming back in the summer and turning it on, you're like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> you mean, you know, "Fast Faster Pussycat isn't number one on most requested? <laughs> uh, things have changed. So the Eric thing I just remembered from the magazines, I'm like, oh, that sucks but I wasn't enough in tune with the band and buying magazines every day to see and hear about his sickness and where he was at. And now that he passed, you're just like, Oh fuck. And then you heard about Eric Singer and you, and we kind of, I recognized him from all the other bands he was in. Like, Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean,
3: it it sucked. I mean, it was, it was surprising too. I mean, well, I'll, I'll step back a little bit. It was it, like Zeus talking about circus and hit parader and not having cable. I remember at that time I got a lot of my music news from actually going to the record store, like yeah, going to right? going. I remember like uh Newbery comics, which is like a, a, a regional thing here in the Northeast, New England, and then tower records rest in peace tower records they do have they they are back online as a web as an online only store oh that's cool but they they would have these big blackboards behind the cash register with the dates yeah the release dates uh, so you so you'd be like oh wait what is that oh okay Oh, all right. The new friggin' Cinderella albums coming out June 3rd. Oh, okay. That's cool. And then you'd, you'd kind of remember to come back to tower records on June 3rd. Cause if not, forget it. No one would tell you about
4: it. Right. And, and sometimes if you were lucky and had a big, like a uh, record company promotion, they'd have like a, a cutout or a yes. big poster or something coming soon. That was always cool to see. And then, you know, if you really, then you kind of got in with the, maybe the guys that work, there. like, Hey, uh, can I have that poster? Yeah. Well, you know, we got three other people. Ah, so you had to get in quick, but if you could get one of those, that was yep. really cool. That's right.
5: I remembered seeing the first time walking. Remember strawberries, Tom?
3: Oh yeah, and that's when we and, got extreme close up
5: and walking in, and never hearing any song from White Snake, and seeing the image from White Snake '87, the band members all lined up in this album. Like, oh, these guys look like they're important. I need to be getting this. <laughs> it sounds like it's a huge band. Who are they? And then you would go and see when White Snake Slip of the Tongue came out. You'd see the cut up. you be like dude, isn't that the guy from David Lee Roth?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
5: you'd be like, oh, shit, that guy's a new member of the band? And and you would notice this stuff and you'd read about it, but you'd see it from the coming soon, you know, yes. spring of 80, 89. And that's how you'd find out sometimes.
3: Yep. And and when we talk, talk about, you know, obviously the, the, the tragic passing of Eric Carr, I do remember hearing about, first of all, as a KISS fan, I was like worried because anytime a band member loses – Anytime a band loses a memory, you're always concerned about the future of the band. Like for me, I'm, I'm a diehard Foo Fighters fan. And with the horrible passing of Taylor Hawkins, who knows, I, I'm convinced that that might be the end of Foo Fighters. Dave Grohl at, at, the, at their age, not that he's an old man, but they're older. I had that same concern with Kiss. I was like, Jesus, what are they going to do now? You know, and then hearing Eric sing, I'm like, wait, I can't I think I know that wasn't that guy like he played with like Lita Ford and he did like some Alice Cooper and he was like, like a Sabbath. hard rock, like yes, yeah, Sabbath. He was like a rock, like a metal
1: drummer. Yeah.
3: Which Eric Eric Carr was fantastic for what he did. And I think Eric Carr would have nailed it on revenge. But I think Eric Carr, uh, excuse me, Eric Singer was the perfect drummer at the perfect time for revenge. I know a lot of people might think that's blasphemy, but for me, I thought it was a, a perfect blending of the type of album they wanted to make. And then having Eric singer be that drummer.
4: When you, when you see him play now oh. on the kiss tour, like it's cool and he nails it. But when you watch the, I was watching the unholy video. He's got it. When he, when you let him off the chain, Amazing. he does a lot of cool stuff with the flares and he's playing it. He will oh. play the drums backwards. I mean, not the drums, but the symbols backwards. Yep. And he doesn't, he does that a little bit, but not as much. He is a very dynamic drummer.
3: He really is. We talk about that yeah. all the time. He is, he is a wind up robot toy on the kiss. Stores. He's he's he he's do, he's right. He has to he's doing what he's being paid to do. And that and you're right. When you see that unholy video, or you see clips of that revenge tour. He is a metal drummer. And you're right. The little extra things he's doing, like you said, like that little thing about playing the cymbal backwards, but yeah. twirling the drums around. He's not doing any of that shit on the kiss tour. He's folding laundry.
2: Literally. <laughs> yeah. <Literally. store. laughs>
5: Yeah, it's
3: it's sad and
5: it's too bad because it's almost as though there's like a sign and like Paul puts it up, no fun on stage, <laughs> right?
3: And like Eric's like, oh, oh yeah, that's right. Let me go back to this. Okay, L- yeah. let me go back to let me go back to symbol snare, symbol snare. You yeah. know, it's like, but thank you, you can
1: hear it on Revenge. You can hear it on the record, and I remember us seeing them in Daytona look when you get a new band member it always kind of gives you a kick in the ass right it's like yeah not that you wanted Eric Carr to be gone you didn't want him to be sick but he's gone now so we move forward and we got this band and when you get a new drummer who's younger and awesome it's amazing and I went ahead and watched I think they were bootleg but I watched some stuff on YouTube so I could kind of remember what the show was like And I'm like would you look at him? I mean, look at what he's doing on stage during the show. And when Paul's like, not a long drum solo. We we don't want one of those Neil Peart drum solos, you know. <laughs> but you can show off a little bit now, Eric. And of course he does it. And then Paul's like, hey, hey, I'm back. Everybody <laughs> is- <laughs> You know, that, that's that's kind of the sad part. It's like we they they finally got this kind of kick-ass band. And I mean, I know eventually Carnival of Souls came out, but it was really just this one album. And it could have been, I don't know, was it, were it just the sales and the ticket sales of the, of the shows weren't quite what they wanted it to be? Because to me, it's like they've turned a corner. They've done something good. Now they're set up for the next however many years. Or do you think it was just like, ah, it didn't go platinum in the US. We didn't sell out all the upper decks. So we got to try something new. We'll do the unplugged thing since they offered. And then when the Ace and Peter came, I'm like, oh, now this is where the money's going to come from. I don't know. Is that it?
3: I think, the, I, I mean, we've you've heard stories. You've heard some things people written and talked about how the the putting the makeup back on reunion talk was percolating, like, even, even early, even while Eric Carr was alive.
1: Yeah, that there were the Rise To It video that. made people think. So I was just mm, going to say,
3: yeah, yeah the, Rise, the Rise To It video with them pretending that it's 1975 putting makeup on. You know, and and you know, our buddy Jericho, you know, who's been on our show a bunch of times, he's one of the few and I know I'm sure there's plenty more out there. He was disappointed in the reunion because he wanted to see where the band was going to continue to go. I mean, we have we have not yet reviewed Carnival of Souls, but it's no secret that I love that album. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might be on an island. I think it's a I think it's a again, Bruce Kulik is just insane. Eric Singer is un- incredible on that album. Yeah. And obviously with the musical landscape changing, what would what was Kiss going to do in the future? Now, as a KISS fan, Zeus said, we love the reunion tour. I got to see my favorite band in the Love Gun costumes and doing all that stuff. Amazing. But you got to wonder what would have happened. You know, and, you know, we've talked about that a little bit. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, you, money talks and when MTV calls you to do that, that unplugged and you bring Ace and Peter on, It was, it was inevitable.
4: I didn't realize that in looking and doing research for this revenge only sold 500,000 copies in the United States. And so I'm sure. And and to me, that's crazy because you would have thought at that time with the the amount of KISS fans that were still around coming out of the eighties, having a harder, more of the time sound, it would have easily sold a million, but that's probably part of the nail in the coffin too, was that they saw this other opportunity. Remember that? Who was that band that was really big strutter? I think was the cover band that was really big and they were tribute at a couple band. of the Kiss yeah. tribute oh, band, yeah, correct uh, and they did the full makeup and i think they said hmm, people were really excited to see the makeup that's right. set and the makeup costumes and everything but i think i think that's the way we need to go to continue the upward mobility yep couple things so the issue i think
5: they had is regardless kiss was considered part of that hair metal style mm-hmm. yeah yes. and they were lumped in there right or wrong and so they weren't going to get much bigger than Revenge. And they were probably like, we just put out a kick ass album, mm-hmm. our best in years. And we're only gold and our tours, not successful. This isn't going to last much longer. Yeah. Um, so, and then the other aspect of it is I think it's perfect timing when they went back to the makeup. So yeah, there have people talking about in the eighties, even rise to in 89, stuff like that. But every, I think decade, Goes 20 years back. Mm-hmm. So in the 70s, there was a big 50s revival.
1: Happy right? days, ELO Happy Days, yeah. American
5: graffiti, all that shit. Laverne and Cheryl, all that stuff, right? In the 90s, the 70s started by Tarantino with the mm-hmm. with pulp fiction and all this 70s music. 70s became the big thing. Yep. That 70s what, show, what, the
3: TV show. Yeah, what I it.
5: bigger and better than kiss and makeup in the 70s. It worked, it was the perfect timing for that sorry eric singer sorry bruce but if this is the time we come back to it plus they were all healthy they actually had some sort of a meeting of the minds with the original guys go now while we got it and then they you know doc comes in comes up with a game plan it worked it wouldn't have worked in 92 it wouldn't have worked in 89 right it may not have worked in 2002 it worked in 96 yeah dude.
4: and and i mean right. i saw them i saw them in Mad- at madison square garden and the only reason i got to go was because they added other shows they probably had six shows that sold out in you know, hours and then they added another bank. So yeah, when it, when it hit, it was magic right off the bat. I mean, people went rabid for those tickets,
1: but I was like, you guys, I I wanted, well, I wanted to go with Jackson, like Jackson and I love this music together. We'd seen Kiss with the makeup off on basically the last, you know, non-makeup tour. So when they got back together, it wasn't just, I've got to go see them, which I did. I'm like, I got to go see them with Jackson. You know, like that's important. Just like you two want to see them together. It's important.
3: I think another thing kind of piggy back on Zeus is talking about, you know, putting the makeup back on and kind of the stumbling with revenge. I think at that time too, I think Kiss had like a, a real big authenticity problem with people that weren't diehards like me and Zeus. I think people looked at Kiss as just following the trend. And that started, I think Lick It Up was, might be for, for the non-diehards, Lick It Up slash Animalize might be the last time where outsiders looked at Kiss with maybe a little bit of authenticity because after that you know you had Animalize was the shredder album asylum was the glam album crazy nights was the bon jovi wannabe album the yeah. shade was you know the late 80s you know let's wear sunglasses and jeans album make sure we so get a ballot the time, on there yeah right but by, by the time revenge comes out yeah the album absolutely ripped and kicked ass but a lot of people like kiss aren't those the guys that just like just did like you know crazy nights or oh that that band that does you know heaven's on fire oh yeah, but no, 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 listen to this. And by then people like, nah, not, not really. I don't want to. Right. You know, and I think that can, and I think that continued even more with the non diehards with Carnival of Souls because <laughs> people who aren't diehards and even some people who are diehards, they call that the grunge album, the Kiss grunge album. So I think all of that was just a perfect storm of timing and, and image wise or people like, eh, yeah, that unholy is cool, but I'm all set with buying the album.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. There's five singles, five videos off the album, did right. anything since Creatures, anything have that many videos or singles? No, you know. No. So, now, God gave rock and roll, you kind of came out apart from the album, right? Ahead of the album, right. more right. tied to the movie, the other four, but I mean, Unholy, huge Gene song, cool video for its day, you know, yes. Domino makes perfect sense, it's very Gene, hey, let me tell you about a story, that's just perfect <laughs> for him talking about a girl. <laughs> I just want a very Kiss song. And then, well, look, if, if you finally have your first number one hit with Forever, you know the next album is going to have a ballad kind of song on it. It, it has to. Yeah. It wouldn't make sense not to, right? After right. they did Beth, yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, let's make sure Peter gets another one, maybe two on the next album, right? So that's yeah. just the way it works. So uh, and then, you know, the fitting Eric Carb jam tribute at the end, a lot of great stuff like Thou Shalt Not. I'm not going to go through all the songs because your, your show does that great. We, we know the songs. I'm just talking sonically. It was great to hear them ripping it back up. I think Jackson was the one who pointed out that Vinnie Vincent wrote those songs because again, it's not like we have the internet. Okay, who wrote all the songs this time? So he's he's looking through the book. He's like, Vinnie Vincent wrote these. I'm like, No, you're making that up. That guy's not coming back to the band anytime soon. I'm like, no, man. Look, it's right here. He wrote Unholy, you know. And, and did he also do Thou shot Not? He
3: wrote. He wrote. He was involved in pretty much half that album I mean, yeah. for the most part, you know. And then, of course, you get the Bob Ezrin, you know, who kind of, Rescued himself after the debacle of the Elder. Some people think it's a debacle. Some people don't. But yeah, I, I mean, it was it, it it was it was you know as a Kiss fan for us, you know, we've said it before. It was it was a thrilling thing to see them back. And I think the big thing for me as a Gene guy was getting that kick in the face with that Unholy video because I remember exactly where I was. My, my my best friend from high school. You know, we still maintained our friendship while while we were in college. He, he didn't go to Stonehill with us, the same college. I remember late night on MTV seeing the world premiere of Unholy. Okay and we literally looked at each other and said, "What the fuck is this? yeah, yeah. this isn't rise to it. This isn't crazy
4: nights. What is? And this? I think this we incredible. said the same thing. like here's the new, yeah, here's the new single from Kiss, Okay, whatever. Whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, yeah, just, this first is... of all,
3: first of all, the opening riff. and then when you see Gene's face, you're like, oh man, okay, this is pretty awesome.
2: Hi, I'm Deborah Bonham
3: and I am the Irish werewolf in England.
1: Peter (laughs) Bullitt,
2: and you're listening to the Ugly American Werewolf in London.
1: (laughs) Yeah, let's move on. You know, well, you talk about we've talked about on this several times about there's no internet, you know, coming up because these days, generally speaking, I will look at a set list before I go, just because I I want to know what's going to be on, especially for a band that I don't know super well. Like, I want to get a chance to try to listen to some of the stuff before I go to the show. Not an option back in 1992. And before we went to see them, we didn't have Revenge yet. This is in October of 92. We had Alive 2, and I had Double Platinum on CD. But we did not have Revenge yet. And so when we go to the show, we go to the show kind of flying blind. We're flying blind, not 100% sure what we're going to see. But at the time, my favorite song was Strutter because it was like the 78 remix on Double Platinum I really liked. So Paul comes out there, and he goes... Where Daytona obviously goes, you got a lot of pretty girls out here at Daytona. You got a lot of girls who like to strut their stuff, and I go grab Jackson. I'm like, oh, they're going to do strutter, man! I can't wait. They're going to do yeah, strutter, yeah. yes. And he goes, here we go. Here's a song for you called "Take It Off," and I'm like, take it off. I don't even know this song, and then they go into it, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh god, they did a stripper song. Are you kidding me? You know, this is why they don't want you in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, it's like they sold 20 million records. Yeah, but did they do Let's Put the X and Sex? Yeah, put them at the back of the line, you know. No. So, oh, I know I know Zeus, but this is how they think, right? So now I'm like, okay, take it off. All right, yeah, great, stripper song. But then, of course, about halfway out of the song, three strippers come out on stage, and they start shaking their stuff around. I'm like, oh, well, now this song's pretty good now, you know. And there was Gene, like, just flicking picks at him. I'm like, pick him off of his pick. I just flick him. Hey, look at me. I'm the one you want to be with. I'm worth a hundred million dollars. Make a good decision today. Sleep with me. You know, like you could see him doing that on stage. So it went from worst to first lie for me. Take it off.
4: Yeah. And I, I would, I, we were kind of talking about that a little bit in the, uh, in the break. Yeah. The same thing. I was all excited. And then I wasn't excited. And then I was excited again. And yes. so when you said like, you know, what are your top three uh, from this? It's hard to not put that on there. Oh yeah. Just because of the, the experience. Of absolutely. seeing it played live. Oh, the that lends,
3: yeah, yeah, that lends a lot to it, like your experience and your if there's mm. some nostalgia or some memory value to it. Absolutely. We talk about that a lot, Zeus.
4: Yeah, it's the
5: best part of confidential. We talked about oh, when yeah. yeah. that, that
3: scene where he brings them out on
5: stage and Paul, you know, in his most masculine way, look, boobies. <laughs> 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 it was just not very new.
4: You know, and I think the other thing, too, is I think I could I, I, this is just from my memory. You know, he was talking about, you know, a lot of pretty girls on Daytona. We were out there today. I'm like, no, you weren't. Come on. <laughs> you got no, here no, like no, probably no. an hour before the show. You weren't hanging out on Daytona Beach today. Anyway, <laughs> the other thing. I was thing out there you-
5: stretching my chest hair <laughs> up on the beach. <laughs> a lot of pretty girls came up to me and said,
0: oh, oh, you hairy.
1: Well, you would have loved another part of the show that night, boys, because when they do I Just Wanna, he goes, now you need to sing with me, I just wanna fuck. Oops! and he does oh, it yeah. oops. <laughs> <laughs> like he's like he, you know, forgot to stick his finger out when he's holding his teacup Oops! Yeah. Yeah, and i'm you, like you, you, can,
3: you can yeah you can hear you can hear him do that on a live three.
1: Oh yeah he did it too yeah, two, he, yeah. A
5: little, Oop. he was not what you would call a masculine man during those concerts then
1: no no but but gene was man and i gotta share one moment from the show with you because so we're, we push our way up. By the way, I you know this was maybe my 10th or show, rock show, as far as like stadiums, arenas, clubs, all that kind of thing. Never before have I ever thought to wear earplugs. I'm like, I'm young. I, they're not going to hurt my ears. Nothing bad's going to happen. We pushed our way up to maybe 10 people back or something like that. The next day, I'm like, Jesus, now I get the earplug thing. Like, kiss plays loud. Oh, yeah. and, so, and I said, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm on the Gene side of the stage, stage right for him, looking at stage left for us. And I'm singing along with him during War Machine and stuff like that. And at some point, I just I was looking at the side of the arena, uh, you know, because like, it just kind of goes straight up. There's no upper deck, but it kind of goes up to row double Z or whatever. So I'm banging my head to whatever song goes. <clears throat> Mm, mm, just looking there, and then eventually I turn back to the front of the stage, and there's Gene looking right at me, going mm, 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 at the exact nice. same time. I go, ah, <laughs> "Gene just looked at me!" I'm like, "Jackson, did you see that?" He's like, "I don't know what you're talking about, man. I want you to shut up. I'm trying to listen to the show. I'm Still trying to watch the strippers. Yeah, we left 20 yeah, exactly. minutes to go. Well, oh, I awesome. remember. I mean, he was mocking me, but I thought it was awesome. <laughs> of course,
3: absolutely. It's Gene. It was beautiful. That's great. You know? Where do you guys come? So, talking about revenge. Where do you guys come in on that album in terms of where you? like big fans of it or do you think it's over because we did our we did our review so everybody knows where zeus and i stand on
4: yeah it. We, and i like it because it's go we're going to get bob Ezrin back we're going to get Vinny back in here to write some songs so it was really it wasn't some of the other ones kind of seemed like they were on autopilot whereas this one they really sat down i think famously paul went to gene and said okay either you're in or you're out you need to make this a hundred percent of your time you can really see that i think in the in the his singing in the songwriting that he did on this i I, yeah i like it i think it's i think it definitely is for me the best non-makeup album maybe look it up because that was vinny had a lot to do with the writing of that but it was kind of like they knew they had to do something different there so maybe those two bookends
0: were my favorite
3: yeah i I agree with that and then like you said I, i don't think it's a coincidence that revenge is fairly highly regarded and you had an outside producer and an outside songwriter where most of those 80 most of those 80s albums were Paul, kind of Paul Stanley albums, yeah. Per se, maybe
1: Desmond Child, but no Vinnie Vincent.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a story they tell on on Extreme Close Up with Bruce recalling one of the albums that he was on, and he had to like fly to the Philippines or something to have a meeting with Gene. And he remember thinking, "Well, obviously this isn't a big priority to you if I, if everybody has to stop and do this instead of you coming back." So yeah, I think he was pretty checked out there oh, yeah. on the later the later albums leading up to Revenge, oh,
1: yeah, definitely. You know, I I definitely hold it in in high regard. For me, yeah, it's it's the best of the non makeup albums. But I don't know them as well as you guys do. And some of them I've really only heard you know a couple times, like maybe while I was making dinner or doing stuff around the house. Like I did, I haven't sat and intently listened to them. You know, and that's why you know I would love for you guys to do a show sometime. The best of the non makeup, the double CD. With the first CD is all the hits, and then the second CD is all the deep tracks that we need to know about, that you guys know about, but the average fan. And and trust me, to all of our friends and family, we're kiss tards. But, like, compared to the folks who, like, listen to your show and, like, write in and stuff, we don't know shit. So, you know.
5: Yeah, the same could be said about us. We don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to some of them, if you heard any of our trivia uh, episodes. I love those,
1: Again. though. I love those trivia episodes. Well, of course, Sonny Poonie's like, you know, on what page? of the bible do they refer (laughs) to this kiss lyric you know it's like oh is that ridiculous you know yeah it's like who nobody knows that you know nobody knows that (laughs) nobody but talk to me those shows the trivia shows that stuff you the kiss jeopardy stuff it's great it's classic, and it's and sometimes I feel smart because I'll ju- I'll guess one right
4: that you guys don't. I'm like,
1: hey, look at me, yeah, <laughs> I'm in the game.
4: <laughs> it's true, yeah. So you want to do you want to do worst song off the record or least favorite?
1: Yeah, because only, I mean, yeah,
4: least favorite. Yeah. for for me, you know, it's going to be number one is
1: going to be unholy, and number three is going to be taken off because of you know the, the live experience. And I don't know. I guess number two for me is probably I just wanna because I like. The video, and I remember hearing it on the radio. They did it well live, so yeah, you know, no, no real big surprises there. Domino's good, but one Gene song, one Paul song, and and one, well, just because it's special. (laughs) Yeah. But my least favorite song? Mm, I'm going to piss somebody off if I say.
4: What's yours, Jackson? My least favorite song is. Find this here. I think it's tough love for me. I think it's tough love. For me, it's every time I look at you. Really, oh. this song
0: sucks.
4: <gasps> oh, it, sucks. Wow. it sucks because it's not a. It, anybody could have done this song. It's cheesy. It, it's not. It doesn't have any heart to it. It's a. It's a one of those. Hey, we need it. You know, we need a ballad on this song. This record, right? Okay, well, let's. Yeah, do it's it. man.
3: It's manufactured. Yeah. A bit, and yeah.
4: and people, a lot of people point to forever. They don't like forever because it's a Michael Bolton song. It's it's kind of cheesy, but to me, what saves that song is Eric Carr just going to town on the drums. And this doesn't man. and this doesn't have yep. any of that. Eric Carr is just. And then you look at him in the video, how much fun he's having playing. I'm like, that is that makes that song for me. There's not it has nothing on this one. Yeah, Fair I mean, I guess the song. The, to me, I guess the song. Like if you could if you could take it away, it's. I mean, it's a it's a power ballad song. That's fine, but it just doesn't. It doesn't have any kiss stamp on it. Mm. Fair enough. I think I guys, it's
5: it, I think it's cheating to say Car Jam '81. I was just going to say that. Let, let's no, take that off fair. the table. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not fair. That's yeah.
1: Because yeah. I know you might rank it twelfth, you know, out of the songs on the record, but it, it's not your least favorite. It's just it's not really you know it's not it's really not a fun. song, and we're glad it's there for Eric's sake, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah off the top of my head, I'll be honest. I can't remember our rankings. For what we're I got yeah. it. I got oh. it up, Tom. Okay, so yeah, with Mac, I'm the same way
5: I had take it off. I just want to unholy as number, th- you know, top three, but in the car jam, we both had car jam, Tom on the bottom, Tom, you had unholy thou shall not, which I know you love yep. and take it off as three. Yep. But for the worst, it's tough love. I think it's a cheap copy of heart of Chrome. And I said that on our show with Bruce on that show. Oh goes, God. I, and he goes, I wrote that song.
3: Wrote that. <laughs> oh no. I forgot. Oh no. <laughs> well, the, pro- the, here's the thing with tough love. I don't mind the song. It's got a horrendous chorus. <laughs> yeah, that tough
0: love, yeah. like, I can't,
3: like the song, but you're right. It is. It it, it it is. It's, it's, it, they're trying to, they're trying to do what they did with Heart of Chrome, which is which is awesome. And it's Tough Love song. is just kind of a dud.
4: I think I think Heart of Chrome is the best Paul Stanley song song on the record. Really? Yeah, wow. I do. I do. Okay. I think I think it's I think Four it's raw. Five. I mean, the the song that I the, that's kind of a sleeper for me is Spit. I love Spit. Yeah, and and it's because it's a it's a what I call a tip of the cap song i mean you can hear led zeppelin in there uh, bruce goes into uh star spangled banner Awa, Jimi jimmy hendrix in there so it's yep. just a hey we love you thank you you yep. know we wouldn't be here without you kind of song
3: yeah and I, I for me one of the most underrated songs on the album i think is paralyzed i love how okay. it, I, I, yes. I love how i love how it opens up with like a guitar solo and then when, when we had bruce on for if anybody's interested bruce one of one of the most famous moments on Shout Out Loudcast Bruce had a clip of in the, in the middle of that song there's a breakdown where it's just like the bass and the drums you can hear a little bit of mumbling in the background but originally Gene wanted to do to that song uh, what Rush did with Roll the Bones and have like a rap oh, a rap segment interesting and Bruce and Bruce actually had it on a cassette and played it played it for us during that episode our 100th episode but the best part about that is me and Zeus. More me, I'm cackling, I'm laughing my ass off, <laughs> and and Jericho yells at me. Would you shut up? I'm trying to hear the song. You're laughing like a hyena. <laughs> Oops. I was like, shut up, Jericho. He always yells at us. When we, he's, nah. He treats us like we're his kids. Obviously, we love Jericho, but <laughs> but yeah, listen to Paralyze. And if if you hear our, that episode, he played, He's like, because he told us the story. He's like, yeah, Gene wanted to put like a rap breakdown. I'm like, what? The Terrible.
1: <laughs> that, that was another great show for you guys, by the way, because uh, obviously Jericho's great. And he's a high energy guy. You've got JP yeah. on there too, which, which made it pretty fun. And, and obviously he had, you know, stories from being a trickster and being on the road with kiss. Yeah. But the fact that those two played a show and you two watched the full show and then you're back there like midnight, two in the morning Oh god, yeah, with that was good incredible. energy, man, you, you sounded great. I'm like, you know, the easiest way for you all to do this is probably like after work, after dinner, like seven to nine o'clock at night, but that's midnight yeah. to two for me. And then it's like, I, I don't have any energy. It's like, yeah. And what's your least favorite song? <laughs> you know, I, I can't do it, you know, but you guys were on it. So I got to give you kudos for that. Cause that's, Thank that's you. doing it right. Man. Yeah. Give you know? it to them. They just performed. Exactly.
5: And then, and then they're like, we're all getting out of that place at the same time. Cause like, yeah, we're going to get on the bus right now. We're taking off at four in the morning. So we literally all left and they had all this energy. They had, you know, they had their great goose and pizza. (laughs) (laughs) But like they, they were so so accommodating, so much fun. And that's what you find in, you know, podcasting and talking about kiss. It doesn't get boring. If it gets boring or you're boring, you're doing it wrong. That's your fault. Yeah,
3: I agree. That's that's the thing about kiss. I mean, they've been around for almost 50 years They've played every different style of music. They've had a ton of band members. The drama is endless. It's a band that you could and they're I, I, funny. I, well, that's the thing too, I, in a I, good I and like, bad way. That's right. Yeah, and I, I remember telling people when Zeus and I started this show, like you know, telling like family members or you know, friends, and like, how are you going to find something to talk about every
1: week? And I'm
4: like, <laughs> that's Dude. Not the problem. That's I'm like, I'm like, problem. we're
3: four <laughs> years into this, and is we haven't even talked about so much stuff. I mean. We haven't even done an episode on Exposed or Extreme Close-Up or Phantom of the Park. or anything. Right. We haven't even done those yet, you know? It's crazy.
5: You got to spread that stuff out. You can't just de- yeah. like, okay, let's review Love Gun, Destroyer. Let's talk about Revenge, Extreme Close-Up, Phantom of the Park.
1: What else are you going to talk about? it be done about? in a year, you know? Yeah, yeah right. exactly.
5: You got to make it fun. If, again, uh, not to keep saying it, but like if you can't talk about Kiss and laugh, yeah, again, you're doing it wrong. Right. It should be a fun conversation. That's what Kiss is about. If it's too serious or too academic or too, uh, you know, snotty or whatever you want to call it, it doesn't work. At least not for us. That's not what we want to hear. Some people love that shit. We don't. We wanted to make this
1: the show we wanted to listen to. Yes. (laughs) You know, and that's what those Rock and Roll Hall of Fame people don't get. Okay. Right. It's fun. Okay. Yes, they work hard to write their songs and, and put on a good show. Yes, just like the, the Talking Heads, who you had to put in the instant that they were you know eligible because you saw them at CBGB in 1978. What right, did he right. do? You know, right. it's like oh, let's make sure they go right in because they've influenced so many people. Like who, you know? Like who, you know? Every band in the '80s was was, was you know, influenced by Kiss. Are you kidding me? You know, mm-hmm. so it's it's ridiculous. There's there's a fun aspect of that, and that's what Kiss is. And yeah, and if you really want to break down, all right, well, what what are the chord movements on? Let's put the X in sex. Okay, you're you're doing it wrong. That's not what that song's about. Okay, and it's, if people
3: uh, want to hear that, I'm sure there's a show out there, but it ain't going to be our show. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and
5: I'd say to all those critics, did you see what happened to Jefferson Airplane in the 80s? Christ. What happened to them? So I don't want to hear about critics and all that other bullshit. It's right. what do people like and how do they impact? And I don't know how many I would say in rock and roll, honestly, from, let's say, the 60s on or so. <laughs> Kiss has got to be a top 10 easily influential band of all the bands that came in after them.
3: Absolutely. We've talked about we, we've talked about it too. This ver- I mean, you could probably count on one hand, maybe less than one hand of the amount of guitarists who have influenced mo- Ace Frehley. Say what you want about him. Yeah. They were one of the most influential guys that made kids want to pick up a guitar. No doubt about it. So, no many, doubt. Yeah, so
4: many guys today uh, say that. Yeah, over and over again. I think a uh, the first Alive record was where people... Ca- yeah, I, I have to do this. Yep. So when the Unplugged MTV special came out, what was that, 96, I think? 96. F-
3: Four, no. 94. Okay, the, okay, the okay, okay. yeah. So it might have been 94, when that, when that came out, I've got a younger yes. brother.
4: Sorry. He's about nine years younger than I am. And he was like, I was getting ready. Oh, can't, here we go. Kiss Unplugged What is this? These guys are old. They suck. Okay, <laughs> these guys guy. are old. Yeah. It's like Beavis Let's and Buddy. These, yeah, yeah. these guys suck. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, tough guy. Who Who's the band? Who's the band that's going to go on forever? And he was like, live. Trust me. I'm like, okay. It's, 2022, Kiss is still on tour around the world, and after '94, I don't even remember hearing live again. No, so me. the I did fact that at, they at
5: Target when I was checking
4: <laughs> out <laughs> 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 the 99 cent in. yeah, just just the legacy that they have, and the fact that people still want to show up to see them. I mean, every day they're posting. You know, from I think they were in somewhere in South America, and they had that giant Brazil. I think you know the giant stadium full of people the, the, the impact that they've had in the longevity is insane. I mean, they absolutely live, have the live crews. No, they do not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a rowboat with them. (laughs) (laughs) Nope.
1: You you remember my song? If you've heard one, you've heard them all because they all kind of build and and crash. that's it. So, so here's a question for you guys. So at some point I, I kind of told myself, I'm not going to go see KISS live anymore. And it was probably 12 or more years ago. Like, I got into the reunion tour. That was great. I saw him with Aerosmith, the co-headline thing. When they started to bring in Tommy and Eric Singer, I'm like, okay, you know what? I, I love KISS. I've given them plenty of my money. I've seen the reunion I wanted to see. So I'm, I'm going to stop. I'm going to put my concert money toward other bands that I want to see. Well, then I have a child who gets into KISS and Scooby-Doo. And I'm like, okay, they come to my town. I want to give her this gift of being able to say, I took her to see Kiss, and you know, when I'm dead and she's given my eulogy, I want her to stand up and say, my daddy took me to see Kiss when I was four years old, and that's all you need to know about my fucking daddy, right, but now that we've checked the box a couple of times on this end of the road tour, I'm like, okay, that's it, I'm, I'm done again. I, I, I don't need to see them live anymore have you gotten to that point I, I i think you said you might go see him one more time or what if you know what if you get to msg for that la- last year or obviously there's going to be more shows this may be the last tour but there's going to be more shows so uh i mean how are, how do you guys kind of fall out on
3: that well we saw them in august that was the last time we saw them <laughs> not not in, not including the crews Right, uh, and the August show was surprisingly amazing. They sounded great, they looked great. There was a ton of energy; it was great. Uh, so that made us very happy. They're they're coming to Hartford, Connecticut in May. We're not going. I think for me, well, Zeus always likes to leave the door open, the door <laughs> the, the door's shut. But that's okay, Separate Mm -hmm. story. I mean, obviously, the the final show, you know, when that's announced or, you know, if if there is some miracle of Ace and Peter being brought back or something. Yeah. But in terms of going to see, you know, another end of the road show, Mm. you know, if that August show was my last one, I'm happy because it was fun. They sounded great. We had Mm -hmm. a good time. But right now it's just it's it's the exact same Thing. Everything right. is exact, exact, exact. So I'm okay with that. If they do something different, like I said, final show, you know, doing some kind of blowout, you know, who fit next next year'll be 50 years, 50th anniversary. But in terms of the end of the road show, I, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of set with that, you yeah.
5: know. I'll see them because <laughs> I, I'm person of uh great FOMO. I can't miss out <laughs> that they came and I didn't go to the last show, and then that's the show that they pulled out. 15 deep cuts and played and I didn't go and I could have seen it and right. I don't want to live like that so if they come around I'll probably see it again but do I really want to drive to Hartford to see this eh. my kid has started to like kiss a little more we brought her to see uh, them at Mohegan Sun a couple of years ago and yeah. it was like it was like torture for the poor little kid she wasn't big enough, <laughs> right <it>. but <laughs> now she likes them a little bit So I'm kind of contemplating taking them to Harford for that makeup date. Uh, So I don't know, but we, we we're booked on next year's kiss cruise for now. Right. And uh, obviously the, whatever show in New York, their last show we'll try to attend. So. Yep.
4: What about you, Jackson? Have you seen them for the last time? I, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat. I wouldn't see them again on the end of the road tour if they did something different. I mean, if, if the two of us could go and see them somehow, I think that would be cool. But yeah, I, the, to Tom's point, they they're not changing anything up it's the same thing over and over again i saw them on the end of the road in jacksonville and the crowd sucked there was no energy people were sitting down i was the only one standing up like come on let's go and and yeah it was the show was great but the energy was terrible that was the manchester new hampshire show for us right before covid it was february of
3: 2020 right before covid that show sucked the crowd was was boring the band sounded lethargic and Mm -hmm. dead that was that was a bad one
1: well so all right well what if okay what if all right fine that's it. We're going to put the makeup down. Because they're saying it's hard to be 70 years old and, and have all this stuff on. So they could go back to the non-makeup stuff. Would you check that out? Absolutely.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, instantly. Absolutely. I'd be the first one in line. Yep. Yep. Even with Tommy. They don't bring back Bruce. They're like, nope, the band oh, is yeah. what it is right now. We're going with Tommy. I'd do no it. No problem. Because yep. well, they- it's
3: something different. It's something Are they going to let Eric
1: really play? Yeah, Eric, Eric would love it. Eric would be so happy, I guarantee you.
3: I'd love to see them take off all the makeup and go back and do something similar they did with that convention tour
1: where, where they're just
3: sitting around playing half-ass requests. You know, mm-hmm. oh, if we know the song, we'll play it. If we don't, we'll try it anyways and we'll laugh about it <laughs> if we screw up the lyrics. You know, that mm-hmm. was amazing. So I'd love to see them do something different. I know Zeus is convinced that eventually they'll they'll do a Vegas residency type of thing. Kiss is never going to go away. We know
1: that. They're never going to go away. Right. As long as Gene and Paul are still alive. Yeah, no doubt. That's right. That's right. Any closing uh, thoughts, or you got any final questions for the boys before we let them get on with their weekend?
4: There, uh, Jackson. I, I mean, I, it was great to have you guys. It just kind of, uh, kind of a wrap up here. So you would say that all in all, revenge. Take anything else away from it. Take Kiss away from it. Take whatever happened after it. You think this is a solid rock record?
3: No doubt. Absolutely. Yep. I think I think even Kiss fans will enjoy this if they give it a chance because a lot of people are like Ah Kiss. Ah, I don't know about that, but. If you just put it on, it's kind of, it's, it's an, un, to me, it's an undeniable rock record. I mean, it's, a, you know, it's not appetite for destruction or back in black or something, but it's a, it's a great guitar, hard rock record.
5: Yeah. I would say the same thing. Hard rock, not rock and roll, mm-hmm. hard rock. They still had their edge. And uh, I think it stands up with one of the best of that era. Yep. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
4: Yeah. All right. All right. One more, one more question. And this is a rabbit hole question. So uh, go you for gotta, it. just bear with me here for a minute. Eric right. Carr never passes away in an alternate universe. He's on, he, he makes revenge, same about, you know, same feel and everything. They go back to the makeup. They say, we're going to do this. Do they call Peter Chris or do they have him put the Fox makeup back on, get Ace back? Because I think Ace was the easier get and go from there. Zeus, you could take this one first.
5: Yeah, I think they try Peter first and be interesting to see if they go with a dual drummer. Set up and have Eric with a fox. Why not? Why sell four faces when you can sell five?
4: You know that that's interesting because they did that on that on the unplug because Eric Senior right. never left. He's they just had another drum kit set up for for Peter Chris and that who knows that could have been like you know if he falls flat get in there and, exactly. and take over. But yeah, yeah. to have two drugs, that's it that's an interesting thought I hadn't think about thought about before two massive drum kits on stage. With Peter, Chris on one, and uh, and an they wouldn't Eric have Carr two risers
1: though, they they wouldn't have had that because that was a big deal when they got back together. It's like basically it was the, the 78 77, like zzz, with the big cats yeah. and it goes up. That was a big deal, so they weren't going to do two of those.
5: Peter has his little dinky little pearl, Eric, Eric has that
1: huge yeah. monstrosity, yeah. <laughs> so.
5: Peter, you, you're going to have to appease him. His ego would never allow it to be like equal with Eric. You'd have to be like, I'm an original member. So maybe you put him on the side of the. the look, you can you can fit there with your little <laughs> drum set. And you can be right in front.
4: I don't and know, Paul, Eric's Paul's, in the back.
3: Paul's very sensitive. We talk about this a lot. Paul's very sensitive about certain eras of Kiss and what 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 memories and, and emotions they evoke. The, the, the Eric Carr makeup era of Kiss was a dead era f- for the band. I, we love it. We I know mm. I love you know Zeus hates unmasked but then you get Elder which was a dud you creatures of the night which most mm-hmm. people love you know not not
1: not a good
3: not an era that they would want to celebrate with with the Fox makeup. So I don't I don't I I, I would be shocked if they ever entertained that thought. Yeah
1: mm. I, I'm with you there because although they did well in Australia and places yeah. in Europe and South America, they yep. were persona non grata in the USA, yep. which is exactly. where they want to be big stars and it's where their biggest audience is. So I I get that totally. Yeah. So can you give us any hints? I mean, you never, you never let us know ahead of time who's coming on the show or anything, but I know you got some great stuff cooking up. Anything you're excited about that you can kind of maybe give us some hints about on the show? Uh, No. (laughs) somehow i knew
5: uh, that was coming <laughs> no, no no we have we have our usual uh we have a bunch of original series that we do so we'll have a we'll definitely have a jeopardy coming up we'll have a trivia one coming up because we do them all the time uh we just did our uh, a box at disc four we just did uh what do you call it tom i'm already drawing a blank yeah. album track number four
1: May the fourth series. be with you yes. yeah that's yeah, right yeah and yep. we
5: got a we got an album review coming up we got You know, we got the album review crew stuff coming up and we will have a Zeppelin Chronicles episode dropping shortly.
1: Yep. That's awesome. Excellent. Love that show. Did you hear us talk to Deborah Bonham on our show? Not yet. No, dude. You know
3: what? And I feel terrible when people ask me about the. I am so backed up on podcasts.
1: Don't worry about that. I mean, I I, and I
3: go through them all because we have so many friends, you guys included. You know we got the grown-up rock guys we got the part of In hell guys we got you guys we got jay from the hook
1: when jay puts out too many i can't keep up with jay well, oh, i've had it. that conversation with
3: him many <laughs> times we we love we love jay but yeah it's it's so i mean i i have i have a pretty good commute to and from work but i can't listen to shows at work yeah so it's just it, it's crazy but I, I will bookmark that because anytime anybody's talking about anything bottom sign me up so yeah
1: well, I, I didn't get too many into the John Bonham questions because I really want to promote... Their new record is Killer, man, and it yeah, came yeah, out on yeah, Friday. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, we just got to talking a little bit, and it turns out when they first moved here to London, they moved half a block right around the corner from me was their first oh, wow. apartment together. Like, wow. my neighborhood pub... Where I go in, I don't have to say what I want. I go to my table and they just bring me a Guinness. They let my daughter yeah. follow Alice around giving out napkins <laughs> to people. That was their neighborhood pub. Wow. So I edited that out, but then at the end I left in, hey, you know, maybe I can get us a table at the Clifton sometime soon. And Deborah's like, ooh, that sounds really good to me. That's exactly what that was. Like their nice. neighborhood pub in the '90s is my neighborhood pub here. So it's awesome. a small world, you know what yeah. I mean? You know, awesome. and your buddy's with Jericho now. I mean, a guy used to watch on TV crushing people's skulls. Now you're friends. You know, isn't that cool? It's pretty
3: awesome. Jericho's the best. Yep, he's real awesome.
1: That's yeah, right. Surreal. Yep. Well, well, thanks, guys. I can't thank you enough for this. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. You guys Bailed are the best. It.
5: Awesome. I, thank you. I was going to th- throw in an Ace Frehley. You're listening to.
1: (laughs) I can't believe I didn't get you to do Ace on the the, show.
5: What's the name of this fucking podcast? (laughs) What is this Um, a radio show? What I
4: what I love too about your show is that people that get upset with that, so you just do it more. It's oh yeah, Yeah. fantastic. Oh, you don't like that? Here it is. 10,000 more times. We, I've been
5: doing impressions since I was like in grade school, yeah. Any teacher, anything like, and I, and in college, everywhere, I just like doing them. And, and Tom picks something. We each have our own little kind of ones that we do. And it's just, yeah. it's awesome.
1: So here's a quick story before I let you go. One it. fateful night, I think it was maybe spring break our sophomore year, because the thing is, when you go to school in Florida, you don't necessarily need to go anywhere for spring break, you know? you Get there. Yeah, go to the pool. The school has a pool, just go there every day, right? It's free, stay in the dorm. So one night, one day, I drank at least a case of beer. Nice. Maybe because we were in Florida, I had one of those home-rolled cigarette kind of things, because <laughs> that's just what happens in Florida. Anyway, it, it's past midnight. And I'm loaded, obviously, and I had a framed poster. No, it wasn't framed, but it was laminated so I wouldn't rip it every time we moved from dorm room to dorm room of Ace Frehley. And I started talking to it, and I swear to you, he started talking back to me. Oh, yeah, why not? (laughs) And Jackson woke up. He had the good sense to pass out like a couple hours before. I'm like, well, there's still three beers in here? I can finish these, and I keep going. And he woke up, he's like, who the fuck are you talking to? Look, <laughs> like I'm talking to Ace, man. It's cool. Don't worry about it. You know, it's like, I'm just talking to the wall. So if, uh, if, if maybe sometime we could get together inebriated mac b talking to ace fraley poster but you're the ace fraley poster zeus <laughs> <laughs> that Anytime. would be amazing let's, let's do it hey
5: let's what's fucking going on
1: Got a case of beer ace you know how it is <laughs>
5: that's all
1: <laughs> i drank
5: that on the ride here
1: by the uh, way shit, I, I pissed myself <laughs> i gotta ask you guys so you know how you know in the eighty biography Ace is like, yeah. nah, I can't come. I got to go to a card game. OK, <laughs> do you think Ace has ever walked away from the table with more money than he came with? Like ever? No, he doesn't. I I don't don't even.
3: I don't even think Ace knows how to play cards. He's a mark, dude. Okay, it's like it's
1: like revenge (laughs) of the
5: Nerds. No, no, you get too many kings. Oh, fuck!
1: (laughs) The only way he won money is if like they're setting up like let him win tonight and we'll bring him back tomorrow with more money and really fleece him. You know, I'm not saying he's never won a hand, but I don't think he's ever walked away from the table with more money.
3: Not not nowadays he doesn't.
1: No. So like Gene Simmons, four hundred million. Paul Stanley, one hundred million ace fraley 1.2 million point two million. I'm like that's yeah. probably right maybe maybe <laughs> peter's better with
5: his money than
1: ace yeah. oh yeah
3: oh yeah yeah totally right
5: i think no. he's had
1: better taste than women i think that makes a big difference uh dude have you seen ace
3: fraley's face
5: <laughs> oh my god
1: oh, he's not
5: what you would call a handsome man he looks like a
1: combination <laughs> between
3: a muppet and a burn victim the poor guy's a disaster
1: he should just wear the makeup around all the time oh god Look, you guys have been an inspiration to us, two college guys who love rock music, who just want to talk about it. That's the thing. Jackson and I can do this for a thousand shows. Exactly. We're never going to get sick of talking to each other about music we love. And that's what you guys got going, except that, and I told Tom this before you jumped on, Zeus, you're the only show I don't miss every week because you guys make me laugh. You're fun. You. You're having fun, and that's that's what it is, guys. Yeah, you guys have good energy, and uh, absolutely, and you
5: actually can think on your feet, and you have good voices, and you have good points to make. There's not one idiot among.
4: God fucking! I have to listen to this one talk. Plus, plus you, plus you, you,
3: plus you guys have that. You have that that those that years of chemistry like Zeus and I. And, And honestly, we've we've talked about this before. I subscribe to a bunch of different podcasts, different genres. It's the hosts that you keep going back to. Absolutely. If the if the hosts don't entertain you or give you something. That that kind of keeps it original and keeps you on your feet, whether it's knowledge wise or humor wise or a combination of both. Then you you're never going to make it. And you guys you guys have a great rapport. You got that that college friendship chemistry that we have. You know, and that's why your show keeps taking off. And, we're, you know, we can't thank you guys yeah. enough for having on. Talking kiss and revenge in 90s. Beautiful. Thank you. Love it. All right. You guys are the
1: best, man. We could do this for hours. Uh, thank you so
3: much for having us. We appreciate I, we it. Appreciate you. it man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Let's and just do, do it again, again
1: sometime. And be healthy, Zeus. Hope you feel good. Everybody. Oh, yeah, be I'm soon. fine. We're good. We'll
3: talk to you soon, guys. Thank you. Again. Thanks. Thanks. Take guys. care. You guys. Cool. Take Bye.
1: care. Bye. fun time that was, hanging out with Tom and Zeus. Great guys, funny guys, guys who have love and passion for Kiss, for a lot of rock music. You know, they got a few shows, Album Review Crew and the Zeppelin Chronicles. That was really a lot of fun, you know. It's just like when we met Neil Poole from Let Pod the first time. Neil Poole from Def Pod the first time just automatically knew we were going to get along, that we would be friends and have a good time talking about stuff that we love, you know. It's great to have those guys on because, look, They're great to their fans, right? They communicate well with them on social media. They've got a great fan club going, with Patreon. They read emails and social media bits on the show. They're just really smart about how to interact with their fans, with their listeners, you know. And they've been no different to us. They've given us shout-outs on the show over the years. they also been encouraging to us about our show. And you can hear it at the end there where they were giving us praise for what we try to do here on The Wolf. So just a lot of fun to have those guys on. Uh, and if you haven't checked out their show, you are missing out. If you want to laugh, go listen to Shout It Out Loudcast. They know everything about KISS. They have a lot of great guests on there, but most importantly, they're having fun. And when you need a break from your day, don't you want to laugh? That's what I want, damn it. And that's exactly what they give you, you know. So all the best to those guys, and thanks for everything, guys. You're the best. And what happened is what I knew was going to happen. We were going to devolve into just cracking each other up and not even really talking about – we weren't even really talking about Kiss. We were just talking about having fun growing up and being in college. We're the exact same age, basically, so we all get each other's jokes and sense of humor pretty well. Very cool of them to to come on the show. The fact of the matter is, we didn't even really get into everything I did want to talk about when it comes to revenge, especially the tour. The tour was special, guys, and it was different from most Kiss tours. I know those guys uh, will review that tour as they do all Kiss tours. They got a rotation, they got a schedule going, but we'd love to have them back on just to talk about the tour because... Three songs from Creatures, opening with Creatures of the Night. Rock and Roll All Night is not at the end. You know, it's kind of in the middle. Or, you know, they don't open with Detroit Rock City. They don't open with Deuce. No big no big, flashing marquee Kiss sign behind them. They did have a big drop-down banner that said Kiss all over it. But that's it. So it would be a fun one to talk about. Maybe we could have them back on to talk about first Kiss concert memories, right? Because Tom was on the Hot in the Shade tour. Jax and I were on Revenge. And then uh, Zeus was on the... Uh, reunion tour with uh, Tom so that would be fun to kind of compare those three shows and three eras of the band because that's three different lineups for everybody uh, which is kind of interesting so something to think about look guys we're proud to be part of the Pantheon podcast family and those guys uh, Zeus and Tom shout out loudcast they are Pantheon podcast brothers as is Jay and the hook rocks uh, as is as is Paul on Vintage Rock podcast, and there's so many other great ones. Check them out at Pantheon Pods or www.pantheonpodcast.com. And please subscribe and download to the Ugly American Werewolf in London wherever you get your podcast. Be it Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Good Pods, Amazon, Google Play. Check us out on YouTube wherever. Uh, and if you think about it. Please give us a positive review. It just helps us find more great rock and rollers like yourselves. And if we get a hold of it, we might just read it here on the show. Next week, I don't even know what's coming up. We've got so many great things coming up on the agenda here. And we still got some more concerts to go to this summer that we're excited about. So you're just going to have to tune in next week to find out what it is we're going to be reviewing. But until then, guys, to all you rock and rollers all around the world, be cool and stay safe.
0: What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house. The happy family. The money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I
5: shop? Would I
0: shot? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> my mom is dead. My mom is right there. From Airship